Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. We're going to be continuing with the topic of stories. Stories are how we connect with one another. Stories are how we connect with our past. Stories are what make this world vibrant and beautiful. And we have Dan Luer, CEO and founder of History for Humans, to talk about stories of the past and how we make sense of the world through them. He is a passionate history teacher, and you're going to feel his passion and inspiration. Grab a cup of coffee, grab your pen and paper, because you're going to want to take notes. Let's get into the podcast. And we'll be right back after we thank our sponsors. With the holidays coming around, there just seems to be more <coughs> coughs, ah, sore throats, and sleepless nights caring for sick kids and spouses, making the holidays not so fun. Which is why I am so excited to introduce Neutralite. This company has been around for 80 plus years. They were green before green was even a thing. They have the world's number one kids and adults vitamins and kids and adults probiotics. This company uses the power of plants from seed to product to nourish and support you and your family's immune systems so you can have fun and enjoy living life together. You know, personal testimony. I had allergies for years and couldn't even be in the room with dust or cats. And the only thing I've changed since then were my vitamins and supplements. They truly cleaned out my system. And now I have three cats. Don't spend another penny on low quality vitamins that invest more in advertisement than the product. Arm yourself with Neutralite vitamins and probiotics, and they have so many more things that will keep you and your family happy and healthy. Also, you can earn points towards cash with every purchase, and with purchases over $99, there's free shipping. Stop losing sleep and time with your family and get back to life with Neutralite. The link is in the show notes. And today we have Dan Luer, owner, founder, CEO of History for Humans. Dan, say hello to our listeners. Hey guys, how are you doing? Aloha from Hawaii. Yes. So Dan, you got to tell me, how did you come up with the name History for Humans? So catchy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it just came to me one day as I was thinking about what the purpose of my my curriculum was going to be the purpose of my all my history materials and i realized you know all this other stuff it's really just trying to like get people to like know facts and to learn the history but i don't think that's what moves us as individuals as people as communities and you really need to i i created my history curriculum around stories because i think stories are how humans how people have always made sense of the world there's, you know, all, all cultures start with creation stories, not creation lectures, because if they were creation lectures, they wouldn't last. Stories, stories are how we connect with one another, connect with our past and make sense of the world. So I wanted to create a history curriculum that was geared towards how humans, how we actually 
make sense of, understand, and really gain value from the study of the past. So true. And we actually see our world through a story. Like every day we're narrating to ourselves, like as we wake up in the morning, we have a narration mm -hmm. of what's going to happen next and what we're going to be doing. And we have our narration sometimes five years in advance, kind of written out like our, our, our life map. So you're so right. We do really relate through stories and those make life so interesting because we have writing rights, you know, because we can change our story if we want to. Absolutely. We understand everything through story. And sometimes when teachers, I feel some history curriculums are geared towards, okay, we got to understand this essential fact, this topic, this standard, but they're missing the story. You know, like you said, we're driving home from work. We're, we're replaying what happened in our head as a story. Trial lawyers get the jury. They don't just present facts. They're presenting a story for them to understand. And I feel like we've been neglecting as teachers and homeschool parents, educators, neglecting how just how important stories are so that's yeah i really wanted to gear it towards the human stories human dramas and and the like how did you get the inspiration yeah so when covid hit so i've been i was a classroom teacher here in hawaii on the big island for 11 years um i love teaching throw me in front of students and, and i'll just teach them anything from genghis Kong to napoleon to washington world war ii whatever and i just or just, I could teach them about, you know, anything that's normally it's history. And um, I just so enjoy when COVID hit and we were having to it just threw a, you know, a wrench into all ed classroom educators worlds. I'm sure it was a lot easier for homeschool parents because, you know, they probably actually benefited in some ways from, from that. But for teachers, like, okay, how the heck are we supposed to teach our students we're out engaging them live on zoom so rather than at first i was trying to like lecture to them but the kids are you know they're walking around their parents are telling them to do the dishes their dogs are barking there there's you know trucks driving by outside so i was like okay i'll pre-record my lectures which and that was so time consuming and i was like why and i'm like there's other teachers who are there's other teachers on youtube that already have done this but what i was realizing was so many of them are just drilling kill they're teaching the facts. And like, so that was good when I needed to just front load information, I was doing that. But then I was like, but this is missing something. There's, they're missing the story element. So I wanted to create a curriculum that did cover the facts. So my, my, I call them story lectures. They're, they're anchored in a story, like the, the story of D-Day. That was the anniversary was just the other day. So the storming of the beaches, that magnificent and dramatic moment of them on the shores of Normandy, but then I unpack that to talk about the whole European theater. And so I always have an anchor of a story that the kids can kind of latch onto, lean into. But then I start unpacking the historical context, the context that they need to know, because we do need them to know essential historical facts, um, standards, learning goals. But I think when it's anchored in a story, it really helps. So that was my aha moment with uh, History for Humans. It was during COVID, and I was like, going to other video curriculums that could help supplement the readings and my own discussions with the students. But then I was realizing there's a gap in what's available in video curriculums. And that's what I tried to, that's what I've been working really hard on since COVID. I actually stepped out of the classroom after 11 years in 2020, that year of COVID, I won history teacher of the year for Hawaii. It was wow. really hard. I love my school. I'm like, and it's a small school in a small town, like 600 kids, but I know all, the, I know their cousins, I know their parents. And 
Wow. It was hard for me to step, it was hard for me to step away after sure. being so close to this community, but I just had this calling to to work on this. And I've been so I've been out of the classroom all all this year, and I'll be stepping out next year too to to keep to keep after this. And then and then I'll see because I do miss the classroom so much. So we'll, we'll see what happens after next year. That's so funny because I don't miss the classroom. I actually went and started teaching online and I was like, I don't want to go back. So I actually still teach public school myself, but um, I, my heart has really been so drawn to the homeschool community. Now, you being in both worlds now, you've kind of got, you've, you've gone from the public school now. Is there any misconceptions you think that maybe you may have had or others have about homeschooling? Yeah. So when I was first teaching and, you know, everything's new when you're first teaching, but I remember I was getting a few homeschool students coming in and I don't know if it was, yeah, I don't know if it was my initial bias and what I heard from like other teachers and just my impressions of it, but I was always thinking like, oh, these students are a little behind. And it could have been that I just had a student that maybe was, I can't totally recall, but I think that's a general impression that the students are going to be behind academically, probably. But definitely they think they're going to, I think a lot of teachers and myself thought these kids are definitely going to be behind socially because they're not in the public school environment. They're not getting all the headaches that come along with dealing with 25 kids in a room and a, a, a teacher and an EA and the security guard and principal and da, 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 all those dynamics. So I think those are major misconceptions that I definitely had as a teacher when homeschool students were coming in. And I think it's common. Um, across pretty common across the teaching community that a little behind academically depending depending on their scenario because it is so there is so many variables and the whole the setting but i think a, most teachers believe they're definitely behind socially but what i've learned was something like when i got a kid who comes in from after years of homeschool sometimes i have ninth graders so sometimes it's their first year like really or maybe it's their first year since they were taken out in first or second grade after having issues in public school and I noticed that a lot of them are, are more self-directed. Absolutely. So they know how, know how to go get them. They don't just wait for, you know, you to tell them what to do and push them and, and get over their shoulder and say, now you got to do this. So I think a lot, and that, I think that self-direction, that self-motivation, self-discipline, I really think that is one of the most important skills in this new world we're living in where jobs are turning over so quickly. There's more room for innovation than ever. You're having to like, re like even if you work at one place for 10 years, chances are you have to reinvent your position. And this, yes. the, the, the people that can adapt. Take in, adapt and then take in, yeah. And then and modify and, and, uh, and go after it. That's the ones who are gonna really excel. I, I, do, I, did, I have seen a lot of my homeschool students that have come in at high school have that. And I also, something else I didn't quite realize, and I'm not sure if it's particular to my school, we have like an ja amazing jazz program for like a small rural school, it's kind of exceptional. And we have a lot of students who are exceptional artists that come in. So I don't know if they just have the more freedom and their parents are able to like foster that creative element at home, but I've seen so many exceptional artists that come in from homeschool. And sometimes they only come for a few classes and I have like a really good AP program at the school, AP US history. So some students just come in for that music and then maybe a computer art graphic or something like that. So I've seen some exceptionally talented artists that I was not, that I did not like associate with, you know, homeschool um, students coming in or homeschool curriculums or homeschool programs. 
Yeah. And you're right. I think I had the same misconceptions. And when I would get a homeschool student in my class, I remember thinking, wow, this child is really well articulated. This child has so much confidence. They sit differently. They sit up straight. They asked such in depth and thoughtful questions like they are leaders. They can actually handle my class better than me it's like i've noticed that yeah like i whenever i would have a, a homeschool kid i would immediately be like okay so when students don't understand the topic that i'm teaching and i've taught it more than once i'm gonna let this kid teach it and let them speak their language so and that's usually always worked and i've always utilized my homeschool students to do that they for me i found them to be like the quintessential what a student should be like because their curiosity their wonder was it was able to be fostered and developed versus you know unfortunately you can go to a public school system and if you're too curious or too uh, all these things you'll have that one kid who doesn't have the best of the home life and they kind of bully you make fun of you you know and you're not able to release all the things that are within you where when you're home you are in a safe environment yes but you're not taken away from socialization in fact i find them to be so much more social they can talk to adults and peers and younger than them alike which i found to be extremely valuable like you said when they're off in a in a, in a job or a company or something that's an that's a valuable skill it's huge it's huge that's really that's huge so with that like what what was your to build the curriculum like where where did it come from to build hi like history for humans yeah so well again i guess it kind of started because for covid and I was like, how do I approach these kids? And that origin story of trying to figure out, oh, stories are what's missing. But then the other thing that I wanted to do, because I was gearing it, you know, for my teacher brain, teachers and I'm homeschool parents too, you know, they're so, especially homeschool parents, because they're teaching all, you know, multiple subjects, they might, multiple age groups, I might have lots of different variables, just like the teachers. And what's so hard, I just know how, how hard so many teachers work. And it's sometimes it's the best teachers that burn out. And it's sometimes it's the best teachers that don't make it, you know, five or 10 years just because they are putting their whole heart into it. And, you know, they're up late grading, they're up late planning, they're up late emailing. And then in class, they're not sitting down. They're always having activities and, and whatnot. So I wanted to also create, because you can go on YouTube or you can find, you know, movie series to supplement readings, to supplement lectures, but it's still just like, okay, what do you do from there, right? So your child, you're trying to teach um, World War II and you find a YouTube video on it and it's 10 minutes or 12 minutes or 15 minutes, but then it's like, what do you do next? So I wanted to have a full, a click and deliver engaging lesson plan that, and so instead of teachers spending so much time planning the front loading of information, because I think that's the lowest, um, you get the least back from that investment as a teacher, your best, and as a parent who's teaching and educating your, your children, your time is not best spent just front loading information. It's best spent connecting with them, getting them to think deeper, getting them to ask questions, and then getting them to do something with the 
content, right? So with all my videos, there's full curriculum. So there's full um, interactive notes that have for elementary and middle, there's fill in the blank or it's upper elementary and middle. It's like fifth to eighth, depending on uh, which, where the learning level is. Some fill in the blank, some comprehension questions, some critical thinking questions, and then like thinking maps. Occasionally there's even like a little picture that's also on screen they answer questions about. Then there's a quick quiz. So you want to make sure that, okay, they didn't just take the notes and answer the questions and then it, you know, poured out of their brain the next minute. <laughs> they, take, they take a quick quiz and they see if they learned it. And something that I'm big on is these new quizzes, if you can use like Google Forms. So Google Forms is just a program like, it's like instead of Microsoft Word, there's Google Docs and Google Forms is just a, a quiz program. You can also do like surveys on it. But if, just in case some of the homeschool parents, because I know some of them might not be using, it's very popular in the classroom, but not all parents might know about Google Doc, uh, Google Forms, but you can automate the quizzes. So what I tell my students on those quizzes, because it's coming right from the note sheets, you have to get 100% on it or you retake it. Okay. You know what the questions are going to be. And if you have some, some of my struggling learners who have IEPs and, and um, you know, learning challenges, Sometimes I might say, okay, if you get an 80%, but I'm not going to be okay with you getting a 60 because it's a quick quiz. It's not going to take them too long. You can restudy. I can help you study. And then they can take it again. And what's good is because it's auto graded, it's not taking up your time as a teacher or an educator or a parent. You can just see it. Oh, good. You got them all right. Let's move on. And that builds competency. It builds confidence because especially like you might have students for me who never had an A at high school, you know, maybe not since like elementary, but like I've had kids, like I never had an A and now I'm getting hundred percent every week in, in Mr. Lewis class, you know, so it builds that confidence. I can do it. Yeah, I get it wrong, but I don't give up. So it's a little interactive note sheet, quick quiz. And then I have an extension lesson. The lesson could be optional. Like some parents might, and some teachers might want to do their own thing. If it's on the revolutionary war or, or whatever, they might have their own thing planned, but it's there if they want it to, to dig deeper into what's in the video. That way they have, there's a full lesson plan that builds off of the video. The parent, I didn't want to, I wanted to free the teachers and parents from having to just front load. With 21st century technology, I don't think we need to just be lecturing all the time. If you're a great lecturer and some, some teachers are just fantastic, some parents probably have awesome stories. Some people are just natural storytellers. You might just use mine as a supplement, my curriculum, um, but a lot of people would rather spend their time engaging, doing other activities, connecting with them, supporting students as they're struggling, as they're learning, but also the video, what's great about YouTube and the video curriculums, kids who are slower learners can rewatch it. Parents at home can help them rewatch it. They, the parent can know what's going on. They can slow it down, watch it at 75% speed. Faster learners can put it at 125 speed. Wow. If a kid's, if, if someone's absent, you can rewatch it. So I think it has a, a lot of benefits and why not be using 21st century, 21st century technology to absolutely 21st century um, students and, and future citizens. Absolutely. That's awesome. So can you take me through like a day of what it would look like to be using your instruction? Like what one day would look like? There's a hook. So the parent might, uh, what do you know about the Revolutionary War? What comes to mind? So the parent might have their, or, or teacher might have their warm up, but then I always have, there's a hook right on the sheet that gets them to think critically. What would be some things you must do to defeat a stronger military power? Wow. What are some things you need to have? So that's my um, like little warm up, and it gets them just thinking critically about what they're going to get in the video. So that way they're walking in to the video lecture, story lecture with, with some ideas in their mind, right? And then 
as they, they follow along, they can rewatch parts as they need. They're, they're watching the video. There's text on screen so that if visual learners need to, the words are going too fast, but it has words that are popping up, vocab words are defined on screen, helps those learners. They can fill in the blanks, pause to answer. So when there's critical thinking questions, they will need to pause so they can answer them. The parent can then, if you have multiple kids, you might have a, like a little group or in the classroom with you know, 20 kids, you can foster a little discussion right then. So you can kind of turn this, most of my videos for high school are like 15 minutes for fifth, my fifth to eighth grade curriculum. They're about 10 to a, nine to 11 minutes, a little shorter, but that might turn into a 30 minute video because you might be pausing, answering those critical thinking questions, forming a quick discussion on those. To, if you have very talkative students who like to debate, some of them are debate worthy questions. I was you just know? thinking that like literally you went in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can just feed off whatever learners you have in front of you. You can feed off of that. If they're independent learners, they can kind of go through it and then cover it and then you review at the end. So they will complete it. The bottom of every of my interactive note sheets has a little thinking chart or a little summary for them to process the information. Then they would do they could review again at the end, make sure they're understanding quiz quiz. If, if you have multiple learners, I like to have them quiz each other with the interactive notes ask them vocab words and um, the comprehension questions, make sure they know it. And they can log on, take the quiz. It's a quick quiz. It's just, it's just to make sure they're understanding the key information. There's no curveballs. I don't believe in that. I think there's things that we want our kids to learn. It's all on the note sheet. They take the quiz. They give each other high fives because they got hundred percent or, oh man, I got a couple wrong. I'm going to retake it. Quiz me again. They retake it. And then they can dive deeper into the, the digging deeper activity, the uh, extension activity, which varies from ex every single one. Like if you buy a unit of mine, like a $15 unit that has four episodes in it, every different ac extension activity is different so that they're always doing something new. It's, it's keeping them engaged. They're not getting, oh my God, we have to write more this time. Oh, we have to do another reading now. It keeps them engaged in various tasks. And if you buy a ho the whole year curriculum, it staggers them throughout. So while it keeps it new and different, you're also building, some things are repeated in different units. So with a new with a new topic, but to build skills along the way. So it sounds like really any type of student can benefit from your curriculum. So yes, and I think for parents too, because if you, um, if, it sounds even if you love yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I worked really hard. Like I spent so much time brainstorming. What can I do just to, enable kids to enjoy the history, find it interesting, humorous at times, but also deep at times, you know, because there's things that you want to like kind of hit them in the gut with and resonate. So that while also, um, so engaging the students in, in history that matters while also empowering the teachers and the parents as much as possible to deliver, to deliver lessons that will engage their students and make them successful in, in studying history and make them want to study history. For me, I was, it was uh, math, science, art were my, my strong suits. And my husband was mm -hmm. English, history, and art for him as well were very his strong suits. So we connected on the art part. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have a teacher like you, I'll be honest. I, I did not have a history teacher like you. It wasn't until I went to college and I had an art history teacher who was just as passionate as you are that 
literally helped me understand history through art history. And it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like I understood why they had to use frescoes, why they had to use oil paint, why they had to use water paint in the time, the era, why they painted this, why they painted that, why it was, it was literally everything that I should have learned earlier. It just, just came alive. See, when I was in high school, even though I, I tended more towards English and history, I also, freshman year, I remember my favorite subject was biology because I oh, had wow. a, it was for me, it was always the personality of the teacher in front of me. I was, always, I was so impressionable and I was just fed off of energy. So if I was, yeah, and then I'm like, I remember telling my mom, I just popped in my mind, that I'm like, I'm going to be biology, I'm going to be a science teacher because I just had this teacher who just inspired me. So and that's another benefit, especially I think for homeschool parents and homeschool educators, be, you, you want to expose kids to different personalities. And you know, if history is not your strong suit and you, you're more of a math, science and art or whatever it is, my curriculum, they get, you know, even though I'm distant, they kind of get a, a new personality that they can kind of feed off of. And I am, so I, I try to be so passionate to because and I do love it and that's how I am in the classroom that's how I am when I'm making my videos because I think if you're interested that the students will pick up on that and they'll lean in more so I think that can benefit having this other personality also as a partner in educating um, their children yeah no you're definitely passionate I can feel it I know because I'm extremely passionate too I'm like oh I resonate with this guy totally can feel his his energy yeah absolutely and it's it's nice because when you um when you love what you do or what you're teaching it you do you kind of get lost in your own story as I know for me when I'm teaching physics or biology chemistry happens to be my my number one favorite thing to teach and I can just I can babble about it like crazy because I think it's amazing (laughs) and so yeah it's it's one of those things where you kind of get lost in the story which I can understand how you came about to like storytelling when you love something you you find the story within it you can Mm. get all those pressure points that you can talk about and really make it come to life and I mean my goodness, with comes to history, how you can build debates and, you know, talk about some tough, uh, you know, topics and teach the student how, hey, we can have tough topics. We don't have to be angry. We can talk about it and we can really debate and discussion. And that's that I think is of the beauty when a teacher loves what they do. You can find that connection and and for parents to be able to take a step back for a second and allow someone else to do that while they're still there you know watching and they're able to engage and also learn at the same time and be able to experience what their child is experiencing you're giving them a gift of time yes yeah that's perfect yeah i like that get the time yeah that's what i'm trying to that's a major part of it because they need it and they, and just, you know, to sit, to sit alongside them. And then they could pause and they can build on the stories that are inside of it. They might have a personal story of like, you know, oh my, you know, we have a family record from the Mayflower or, you know, grand, you know, great grandpa, he served um, in World War II. And you, so you can always build off. And when you're not lecturing all the time, it gives you the energy to also do that. And, you know, the more you're, the more you're always front loading information, the less 
that if you, if you're up there lecturing a lot and going over and you have your whiteboard da, 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 and it's 20 minutes you're going to the attention is going to wane a little bit even with the most attentive kids but if they're engaged in something else and then you're like oh i got a 3 minute story to tell you you're like they they can really focus in on that and it maximizes the um the impact of your instruction in that case. That's awesome. So as we're wrapping up, is there one thing you would want to leave parents with one big takeaway? Ooh, just one. Yeah, let's see. I think, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think when, when you're teaching history, always think about how, what's the story here? And do you have a personal story that you can connect to? Because I mean, especially for parents, it's so nice that you have that ability to really have the time with your own child when you're teaching them. But what stories do you have that can connect to the history that they're learning that because history connects you to, if you're studying world history, your human family. If you're studying American history, it connects you to your, you know, the, the country if you're state history, local history, but you also get the chance to have family history. And that's some of the most impactful things. I learned so much more about World War II after hearing stories from my grand, grand, grandfather. So if you have someone you can bring in while you're instructing, those things resonate with, with our kids. So, um, and if there's anything, you have any questions for on anything of on mine, don't, anything in my curriculum, anything I do, strategies, whatnot, don't be afraid to reach out. I'm, always up for talking about history and education. So what would be the call to action? Where would they be able to find you and get your resources? Yeah, sure, please. Uh, my website is history for humans, number four, or you can spell it out, um, F-O-R, either one. So historyforhumans.com. I have my, I have some AP US history curriculums, but that's kind of separate, but I have US history high school, which is US history two post-Civil War. And then I have uh, US history one, which is from the colonies to civil war. And that's um, geared towards fifth to eighth graders. So depending, but if you have an advanced fourth grader and you're studying US history that year, every state, if you're following state guidelines, every state's kind of different. Some states do it in fourth grade, but if you're, if you know your child's a little more advanced, they might, I know there are some fourth grade teachers using my curriculum. So I guess it's really fourth to eighth. But yeah, historyforhumans.com. You can see my U.S. history resources. Also on YouTube, my channel is History for Humans. You can find me on there. It has all of my curriculum. Um, I try to get a new episode out every week. It's generally about every 10 days because um, just all the editing and everything. So yeah, and that's where you can find me. And you'll be starting a new podcast, you said? Oh, that's right. Yes. I'll be starting a new podcast. We're going to be doing our first episode tomorrow and it'll probably be up the next following week. That's called History Teachers Club. We're going to just going to be talking about all things history, education, strategies, our favorite parts about teaching. It's me and another amazing teacher, Caitlin uh, Bumgarden. And she's fan She's more where if you think I'm passionate, I'm at like a four compared to her. <laughs> like, I'll be the stable at course on our podcast. She always has costumes like for like every lesson. Um, so she has she has amazing strategies for really upping engagement, interest, and and all things um, history, history education. So you can check us out there, History Teachers Club. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Dan, for just sharing your your wisdom, your knowledge, your passion. 
uh, everything. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure just being able to just get to know you and talk with you more. Yeah, this was great, Bex. Thanks so much. And thanks, guys. Take good care. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.